Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing! Yeah! Hey everybody, how are you doing today on this fine, 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 fine day on the internet? You're listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. We have a very uh, special mini-sode. Special. Yeah. I was thinking of like what I wanted to call this. Not episode, mini-sode. I like mini-sode. Yeah, and this is going to be our War of the Spark exclusive preview card. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast, for providing us with this card free of charge. Yes, absolutely. And also, uh, did you guys get the song reference? War. War. War of the Spark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are clever. We thought a long time about that one. <laughs> so, very exciting. Of course, our episodes are brought to you by the one and only cardkingdom.com slash command zone, our affiliate link. Should you want to buy or pre-order any of these War of the Spark cards, and wow, are there a lot of really exciting planeswalkers and creatures in this set coming up. This, want to do this that. set looks insane, like absolutely straight insanity. insanity. So you definitely want to go over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone right now and order this stuff. Uh, this card we're going to talk about is actually really sweet and I think is going to make a sweet deck. Yeah. But there's a million planeswalkers. There's all kinds of stuff. And also, Ultra Pro is definitely going to be coming out with all of the other stuff surrounding the set, the stuff that you need to fill up your battlefield. Dude. You need the sleeves, the deck boxes, the play mats, all that stuff. And they're going to have the War of the Spark themed um, everything. Yeah. So you're definitely going to want to support Ultra Pro. And by doing all that, you're supporting us and we appreciate it. Yeah. I can't wait for those playmats. Yeah. They're oh, we've amazing. seen the playmats because of Game Nights and they are sweet. Yeah. And uh, the, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'd say the last way to support the show is directly over at patreon.com slash command zone. That's direct. That's a great way to support the show. It really helps us keep everything running and our awesome shows like Game Nights. And this podcast, of course, keep going. And we do one shout-out every single episode or mini-sode, in this case, to one lucky patron. And this week, that person is... Sam Chen. Thanks, Sam. Sam, you rock. Okay. Okay, so... This set is all about planeswalkers. Yep. Holy crap! Did you get? Did you, you saw the trailer. I saw Jimmy, the trailer Jimmy, like eight times. Jimmy unveiled the trailer to the world. What a, that was a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> Have I seen it, Josh? You know, I am the trailer. <laughs> after even watching it like twice before, then I I teared up. I saw people in the audience just completely mouths agape, just completely stunned in silence the entire time. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you can go over to the Magic the Gathering YouTube channel. It's definitely going to be like their most popular video ever. It has it like 5.5 yeah. million views at this point. It's only been out for like not even four days, I think, at, the, at this point. It was Sunday, right? That yeah. you unveiled it? Yeah, yeah. It's only been a few days now. Jimmy hosted the panel at PAX where they showed it and a bunch of cards from War of the Spark. Mm-hmm. Um, has a sweet cover of a Linkin Park song. It's really... I mean, I'm a trailer guy. And I yeah. was like... That trailer's really good. I know. I don't say that a lot. Yeah, they did a really great job with it. Make sure you watch it. Um, It definitely shows Nicol Bolas in probably the coolest way he's ever been seen, ever. Mm -hmm. And Liliana, and it looks amazing, too. Okay, so it's all about Planeswalkers, this set. But that doesn't mean there aren't some legendary creatures thrown in there, which means we have some new commanders. And in fact, our preview card is a legendary creature... So uh, it's Boros, Josh. So I think you need to read it as the new <laughs> king of Boros. I don't want that title. By the way, this could be it. This is an option for also, I think, a very good Boros deck. I would 100% say if this had existed for the last episode of Game Nights, I would have built this deck because this seems actually pretty sweet. And yeah. it does solve some of the problems, some of the issues we've been raising with Boros for years and years and years. I think this tackles it a little bit. So it's good to have a nice new option. Mm-hmm. The card is Feather. The Redeemed. 
It is white, white, and red. So three mana for a 3-4 flyer. It's a legendary creature, an angel. It says, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets a creature you control, exile that card instead of putting it into your graveyard as it resolves. If you do, return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. Wow. So this is really interesting wording. It harkens to Zada. Mm-hmm. A little bit Heat Zada. Grinder. Yeah, so Zada, if you target one of your creatures, or I think if you target Zada, Zada with a spell, then it targets all of your creatures with a copy of that spell. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of like, giant growth Zada, giant growth all the creatures I have. Yep. But this is subtly different in that, first of all, it triggers if you target any of your creatures. And what happens is if you giant growth, let's say Feather, then instead of putting that card into your graveyard, it exiles it and comes back to your hand. Your giant growth is still in your hand. Yeah. And it comes back on the end step. And you the could, next end step. So yeah. instant sorcery, you can do it in other players' turns. If you have enough mana, you could cast the giant growth because it's red, white, white. So giant growth, we're just using it as an example. You could cast that targeted spell up to three or four times, depending on how many people are uh, at the table. And you always get it back to your hand. So that is card advantage. Yeah. Like that is, I used a spell and I drew a card. Basically, it's the same card I cast, but... That's pretty good, and I think specifically there are a bunch of cards that interact with this very, very well. Um, And I also think this is a deck that can use a bunch of cards that EDH just doesn't see very often. For instance, we keep saying Giant Growth. Giant Growth is not the type of spell. I like what you said there. We should say like Brute Strength or whatever. Yeah, something in the the red world. Something that's red or or white, white, but it's a pump spell. Giant Growth just usually is thrown around as like the default for pump spells. Mm -hmm. We don't see those in EDH barely at all. Zada is definitely the deck you may have seen them in before. And yeah. and if you play against Craig Blanchett a little bit, you may see them once in a while because he's going to do that with something with Infect. Yeah. Uh, but all, all in all, if you're just out there playing EDH in the wild, you just do not see giant growth type cards ever played. They're one-time use. As soon as you use it, it's cool. Maybe you did blow someone out. You got a good trade, but... That's one card out of your hand that did one thing at one time ever. Like you're using some spells, matter stacks, maybe you can get it back from your graveyard, but that requires a lot to set up. Feather of the Redeemed kind of just does it all on one card, and it's not just just a feather. It's your entire board. Yeah, so any creature you want to do that to. That I also control, like yeah. that it doesn't even say like the first instant or sorcery you cast yeah. each, each turn, which is like Kess or some other creatures. Mm-hmm. We would expect that. But this is like Giant Growth, Brute Strength, something else that would all come back. Yeah. That is... Actually, I think very powerful. I think it's beyond powerful. It's it's probably the best kind of repeatable, like... Again, just imagine... Remember that Game Nights episode where you kept casting that one green enchantment on Maldrotha to draw a card yes. on, the, on your land each time? Yeah, yeah. Right, if you can add a cantrip, which is a card that draws another one onto a card like this, all of a sudden you may be paying four mana for over four turns to draw four cards in red-white. And paying one mana for a card is actually a really good rate, better rate than most colors get. Yeah. And I like what you said there. So card draw in a deck like this could be some, there's all these cards in Magic's history that are quote unquote bad, right? Like one red mana for an instant, give a creature haste and you draw a card. That's an amazing card in this deck. Yeah, Expedite, it is a real card. Yeah. Uh, Crimson Wisps, basically the same thing. Defiant Strike is a white version that gives plus one plus oh, one white mana, draw a card. You don't even care if, like, during Jimmy's turn, I cast that before his end step just mm-hmm. to draw the card and get and I get Defiant Strike back to my hand. That's one white mana draw card. That's way better than any white card draw spell that exists right now. Ever. Yeah. 
Yeah, the best we have is like Mentor of the Meek, where a creature has to come into play that has to satisfy a specific thing, and you have to pay extra mana for that. And it's a creature that could easily be killed. It's a lot harder to interact with your one mana instant. If, if somebody really be like, oh boy, I'm going to swan song your defiant strike. Yeah. No, like no. that just feels like, the yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, and it's kind of the thing that I really like in EDH where you can do it a lot. And people, I mean, sure, it may get to the point where people are like, holy crap, he's doing it a lot. He's drawing a lot of cards. But for the first four to five, you kind of just get away with it. Yeah. And that's a lot of card advantage. Mm -hmm. If you paid four mana, draw four cards, that's better than most blue card draw spells that yeah. usually cost like, you know, blue, blue, and X. So it cost you six mana to draw four cards. Yeah, and there's a lot of cards that do this in red and white. Uh, we also have Expose Evil, which is a little different. It's one in the white, you tap up the two creatures, but then you investigate. So you create a token that's an artifact and you can pay two to sack it to draw a card. So anything that targets multiple creatures is going to be really good with feather because one mm -hmm. of the targets you target feather and with the other one you target like an opponent's creature so think how good expose evil is in a situation where like they have something scary that might attack you mm -hmm. it's on their turn feathers probably already tapped because it's a three four flyer you just go oh i'm gonna tap my already tap creature and tap your creature before combat and investigate so i can get a card back out of it later and Expose Evil goes right back to my hand. And that means even if Jimmy and Craig both have a creature I don't want to attack me, I can tap them both down maybe. Yeah, right? It, you know, it's it's very flexible. Uh, and the nice thing about it too is that like, Feather only costs three mana. Yeah. You can start going off of this on turn three. Uh, yeah, the next one we have on the list here is similar. Because I think like, give your creature haste, draw a card is like, it doesn't actually do anything on the battlefield, but you can actually get cards that do stuff. Like Shelter is a one in a white for an instant, and target creature you control gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn, draw a card. Yeah. So you can save Feather from removal and draw a card. So it's you, you're getting utility with your card draw. Yeah, you save her from a block. Uh, oh, true, you can make sure, basically make her unblockable. Yeah, that's right. In a lot of cases, you can. Especially, she's already a 3-4 flyer, so you're going to be getting incidental damage in as red-white decks do anyway. So... I, I don't know. It's just, it's so cool. This is such a great card for me because it's finally like, and oh, oh, rules interaction. To have this resolve before the beginning of the next end step, you need to make sure you're casting it during your opponent's second main phase. Right. If you do it when they go to their end step, then it's too late. We'd have to wait till the next turn. Well, you do get to act, right? Technically, when you change phases, any change of phase, yeah. everybody gets priority. So just don't let them, if they're like, okay, I passed the turn. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go to your when end When you step. go to your end step, before yeah. we're in your end step, I'm going to cast this. What will happen is because you've cast a spell during their main phase, you again will give priority back to them. Right. So if they're like, okay, you did that. Now I'm going to play one more card. Then they can. Otherwise, they'll probably, for the most part, just be like, okay, cool. Now we're going to go to my end step. Especially since you're not playing blue. Usually against blue decks, that might happen because they're like, oh, you're tapped out now. Yeah. I'm going to actually do something. Yeah. Uh, red, white tends to not have that same kind of reaction. <laughs> um, so the next category we have written down is actually, this is the category you don't see very often in EDH, and it's combat tricks. And here we're going to talk about something that um, I, I have been, you know, on the record as saying I'm not a fan of. I just don't think it's a great rule, but it's fine. I think this is a legitimate deck where, com or, oh, where commander, commander damage, damage yes. could be important because it's pretty easy to put together like two or three cards that bump Feather up to the point where it just KOs somebody out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So Brute Strength is the one we were talking about as sort of the red version of Giant Growth. Um, it's one in a red for an instant. Target creature gets plus three, plus one, and trample until end of turn, which would make... Feather into a 6-5. Mm -hmm. You add some double strike cards on top of that. There's a bunch of instant double strike cards. 
Um, I think Psychotic Fury, which is the next one we have written down, is a double strike card. Yeah. Yeah, so Psychotic Fury is one in red. God, this may be one of the best cards in the deck, by the way. Yeah, for an instant, <laughs> it gives target creature, multi, sorry, target multicolored creature. So it only works on Feather and like Young Pyromancer probably goes in this deck. You couldn't cast that on Young Pyromancer, right. but whatever. Um, it gives target multicolored creature double strike and you draw a card. So it And you draw a card. It does the expedite defiant strike thing, but it gives it a huge bump. And if you have brute strength and that, you just... Hit them for 12, and both those cards go back to your hand. So they're like, oh, so I'm dead next turn to yep. that. Well, not to, I, mean, I didn't realize this, but it's not just card draw. You're drawing two cards every time you cast one of these spells. You're getting the original you're, card back, yeah. and you're drawing a card if, you, if it's a cantrip. I can very easily see where you're like, crap, I'm going to have to discard cards because every card I cast comes back to my hand and draws me a card. Yeah. That's like... That's like high-class problems. I really like, like this next one. It's Balduvian Rage. It's X and a red. Target attacking creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn. And then draw a card at the beginning of the next turn's upkeep. So you could... This could be as cheap as one red. If you yeah, just wanted you to draw XB the card. Zero, yeah. Right? yeah. And, that's, and sometimes you're like, oh, I have, I have the uh, double striking card in my hand. I'll pump this up. You know, I'll make X equal to seven. It's an 11. It's a 10-10 or an 11-11. Yeah, and X equal win. to eight, I guess. And then yeah. give a double strike and good night. Yeah, it's a flyer on turn three that comes out with three. It's a three four. So already for the mana cost, it's it's the stature great. And it still does the card draw thing. Yeah, it <laughs> so still crazy. does the card draw thing. And I like. I mean, you're going to use cards like Psychotic Fear, even though it can only target multicolored creatures, because you're going to get the most use out of it when you can cast it on your commander, because it will have that extra text on it. That's the power of this card. Imagine if you added this text to every single card that we just talked about, you would have cards that are at the rare level sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah, if they just bounce back to your hand. Yeah. I think all these cards would be rare. Like, uh, pretty good. Um, and then the next category, and this fits in there, is the protection category. So you can also use these cards to make sure that Feather stays around. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the type of deck where you're going to be holding a lot of mana open on your opponent's turn because you're going to be like, time. I draw cards, yeah. I'm going to tap down your creatures and make clues or i'm gonna also you don't know but i could probably protect my creature there's a whole bunch of ways to do that yeah this is a good one eerie interlude it's two in the white for an instant exile any number of target creatures you control return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step so great for enter the battlefield effects great to just dodge board wipes it's it's i, I saw this as the cheaper uh, version of teferi's protection for yeah. a long time and yeah. i would include in a lot of my decks um, being able to protect everything and get those triggers again seems pretty darn good. And it targets Feather, so it works. Like, a lot of these are, like, all your creatures or something. Mm -hmm. They don't target, but this one does, So which makes it very good. We've got a couple more. Ajani's Presence is another one. And there's also... Um, Graceful Reprieve, Blessed Breath. These are all forms of protection. <laughs> so funny how many of these cards, I'm like, I kind of know what that card does, but I would never even look past it because literally all the cards we've talked about, except for maybe one, have been commons. Yeah. That, this is a- They're one-time use instance. They're yeah. not very good in EDH generally. This may be one of the cheapest generals to build around. And you could go the infect route. How many times have we seen Craig play? And it's like, oh, gotcha. Boom, nailed one guy out of the, the Yeah, the you're game. dead. I have one card in my hand now and I cannot do anything. I have to hope I draw more infect answers to try and kill someone else. But what if all the cards I just used to knock that player out of the game came back to my hand? Yeah. Oh, this is actually terrifying in Craig's hand. Let's, I, I hope Craig is not listening if to I this. If I ever build an infect deck, it will probably be Feather the Redeemed. <laughs> just straight up. <laughs> all right, before we continue, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. All right, and we're back. We're still talking about our War of the Spark preview card. I think Feather is really good at obviously protecting herself, but I also think it's really funny because you can use this text box that she has, you can use it for your removal 
as well. You can use it for your board wipes yeah, as you're, well. You're you, doubling anything that, that targets. So souls. Or you're fi- getting it back. Yeah. So you just need to look for stuff that's like, it's a removal spell that also targets one of my creatures somehow. Mm-hmm. Soul's Fire is a really good one. This was just reprinted in Ultimate Masters, right? Yep. Two and a red instant. Target creature you control in play deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. That's really good because it's not just a fight card, right? It's a punch card. It's a punch card, which yeah. typically is awful in EDH. Like, this is a card that I would laugh at if you said you include it in your deck. Not in a spiteful way, just a you should put something better in there. But then Feather, not bad. It comes back to your hand at the end step. Think if you have, that's another way to get people out of nowhere. I have Brute Strength and Soul's Fire in my hand. Mm-hmm. Before the end step, before my turn. So on their main phase still, I go Brute Strength, Soul's Fire, Dome you for six, untap, do the same thing, you're dead. Yeah. Just, you know, it's not, obviously, it's not combat damage, so that's not commander damage, but a lot of times people are low life mm-hmm. later in games, and being able to just dome somebody for 12 is something that you want your deck to be able to do, but outside of red, that's not a common worry, right? In, yeah. in, in EDH, is just somebody being able to reach out and do like the final 10 damage to you directly. And not to mention, it is very important that this is any creature that you control. So a lot of times, like, I'm going to blow you out. I'm going to target your creature that you targeted with your spell. It's like, well, actually, it's whenever you cast. So that spell right. gets that text anyway. But if you still needed to do the stuff, you could find another creature with your second spell to do the thing with. I mean, worst case scenario, you don't lose, get two for one. Maybe you lose the creature out from under yeah. it, but the card still goes back to your hand. The soul I see fire. Feather dying a lot. Right, I see is this But is you a... could just play God's Willing and like all these protection from colors or yeah. blink it out. Not or just like that. Make it you... indestructible. If you have enough mana, you just do it every single turn. Yeah. You're blanking three to four removal spells a turn. Unless they have a board. They would have to like, it's almost like getting rid of the Perplexing Chimera. It's very hard to do unless you have a combination of cards or a board wipe. If they say you have a protection, you know, instant speed, one white mana, give my creature protection from a color. Yeah. They just can't point anything at it. They won't. They'll just lose their card. They're like, oh, I have Path to Exile, but doesn't matter because what am I going to do? He's on Path. He's going to protection for white. Yeah. Uh, you know. You would have to basically be like, hey, you and I both have paths. We both have to use it this turn. Yeah. So that one of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hard to do. that. Those kind of team-ups are very hard because both people have to have a removal spell and mana open, and they both have to be instants, and it's like... And they both have to be willing to recognize that they're not... While Feather may not be attacking them, they both have to get rid of it together. And even when it happens, you lose Feather, they lose two cards, you get the card you cast back. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, you, and it's a three CMC commander, so you go, well, okay, for five mana, I just recast. Again, yeah. yeah. Um, there's even... Oh, I like that card. Fall of the Hammer is very similar to Soul's Fire. Yeah, it's, it's to target creature instead. Um, Red has a whole bunch of cards that say, like deal this amount of damage divided as you choose among X amount of targets. Mm -hmm. This is one of them. Yeah, Aurelius Fury. There's a lot of text. X, a red, and a white. Instant. Aurelius Fury deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of targets. Tap each creature dealt damage this way. Players dealt damage this way can't cast non-creature spells this turn. So because you can send one point of damage at Feather and the rest elsewhere, it does target Feather and goes back to your hand. Mm -hmm. This brings up something I think is really important for the deck. You want most of these to be instants. Yeah. Because you want to be able to do it multiple times a turn, because I can do it now. I think of this: I could do it for one damage to Jimmy, get it back in my end step. Jimmy can't cast spells, right? Yeah. <laughs> then on the next turn, if I had a lot of mana, do it to the next player. Yeah, you do it on their upkeep or something. You force them their hands immediately. And they're like, if you don't have instants, you're just not doing anything. You could even attack with Feather and then target her with the one damage, ting down their blockers and hit them for one. They yep. can't cast on creature spells and they can't block. <laughs> <laughs> and you get the card back. And you get the card back. Yeah, it makes a a, a lot of uh, stuff really good. I like the the um, the Escalate cards a lot because yeah. they allow you to do multiple things. And as long as one of the things targets, mm-hmm. then if you have enough mana, Blessed Alliance is a really good one. It's uh, one and a white for an instant 
It has Escalate 2. So you can pay the Escalate cost for each mode chosen beyond the first. So here is the modes. You get to choose one or more. Either target player gains four life, untap up to two target creatures, or target opponent sacrifices an attacking creature. So for four mana, you can choose Feather as one of the creatures you're untapping. Mm-hmm. And then choose another mode like target opponent sacrifices an attacking creature or you gain four life mm-hmm. and get the card back to your hand because you did with part of the spell target feather. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I'm um, reading all these cards I've wanted to play but never been able to, like Impact Resonance. The, oh, yeah. This is one of our very... It's our preview card. Is this our first preview this card? This may be our first preview card ever. <laughs> We've come full circle. We really have. Holy crap. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just laying that thing in. One in a red, it's an instant. Impact Resonance deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures where X is the greatest amount of damage dealt by a source to a permanent or player this turn. So you basically just to deal an extra X damage as well as the fact that it could be someone else doing it. Someone else swings in with their commander, you Impact Resonance, your guy, and someone, you know. Yeah, you do one to Feather, and yeah. then just so it'll bounce back to your hand, and then if somebody's done six damage that turn, five to somebody or yeah. something else. Is it creatures only? Yeah, creatures. Yeah, but still, uh, kill that, get it back to my hand. And it's two mana and an instant, so I could do it the next turn. <laughs> yeah. And you can, of course, do it on your turn because you're going to attack with Feather yeah. and get value that way. So um, also, you can have... So we've got removal. We've got card draw. We've got protection for Feather. You can also have board wipes that are that target your uh, creature. So Chandra's Ignition is a really good one. Oh, it's so good. This card's just good in general, but really good when it's going to bounce back to your hand. Chandra's Ignition makes a, a target creature, creature you control deals damage to all other creatures and players equal to its power. So it doesn't even hit Feather, but it targets her. She'll do three to everything and each of your opponents, and then Chandra's Ignition Whoop, back, right to, back your to your hand. Yeah. yeah. Fell the Mighty is a board wipe. Four and a white. Destroy all creatures with power greater than target creature's power. And if you cast this spell targeting your creature, yeah. <laughs> you can never have anything above three power on the board ever. Yeah. You could literally cast this every turn because it's going to bounce back to your hand after you play it. Yeah. This is sorcery speed, so Vidalcan Ori is a must include in this deck, as it always is. <laughs> Same with Emergent Zone, that new land that you can tap for one sacrifice and spells you cast this turn have flash, uh, winding canyons, right? We got lots mm-hmm. of options to make this deck. Really shimmer. I mean, red-white, you're already pulling upon as many card advantage sources as you can. You're going to be paid off very well in terms of using it with Feather. Now, the one area that we're going to have a little bit of issue is ramp. and You need a lot of mana to make this deck really tick. Yeah, and so, you know, you're going to rely, obviously, on rocks and Mm -hmm. a ton of rocks to do stuff. And you're going to Barnished Heart probably and Cork Cartographer and Knight of the White Orchid, Wayfarer's Bobble, mm-hmm. uh, Solemn Simulacrum. You're going to try and get lands into play. But I thought of a cool interaction. So again, like I said, I, I feel like this deck probably has Young Pyromancer, Monastery Mentor. You're going to yes. be casting so many instants and sorceries and might as well make one ones out of them. It also gives you more things that can attack that you can brute strength if you have to. More things you can target. But think of, here's here's a little here's a little synergy that I, I thought, like a play pattern that if it comes up would be super powerful is you got Young Pyromancer out. Mm-hmm. You make a Elemental somehow by casting Brute Strength or whatever. If you have Path to Exile in your hand, you can Path your, your own, own Elemental. It'll make another Elemental because of Young Pyromancer. Now you're playing one mana Rampant Growths. Wow. Because you, you put a land into play. And land then play, on yeah. your turn, I do it. And then on Craig's turn, I do it. Then on Mel's turn, I do it. Yeah, and, and be like, hey, everyone, that Path to Exile. I only want to use it on your creatures. Yeah, no, I'm just going <laughs> to use it over and over in my own to get all my lands into play. Jeez, okay. This is starting to become more and more strong the longer I look at it. And normally we are wary of ever overhyping anything, 
but I'm pretty hyped. <laughs> I'm extremely hyped right now. There's um, there's a card called Spawning Breath. Yes. It's a one in a red for an instant. Spawning Breath deals one damage to any target. Create a zero one colorless Eldrazi spawn creature token that you can sacrifice to add a colorless man to your mana pool. So there's ramp hey, also. There you go. And it creates a creature that you know you could target with your other stuff. Right. Yeah, so you can just sort of save up two mana, turn it into one mana, but you get to carry it over for the next turn. There are t cards that just do that. Yeah, that's this is very intense. I mean, the fact that, you know, like, it's like, oh, I can't use removal spells on Feather to, to repeat them because I don't want to. It's like, well, you're going to have a lot of token generation in this kind of deck. Yep. There's lots of creatures that want to reward you for casting more spells, but the downside is, is normally you're trading in the spell in for that creature. And the spell may have an impact, but you're not able to play it again. Feather, that, oh, that it all changes. Um. Yeah, that's a really good one, of course. I think I think it's like first on most people's list. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Three in a red for a sorcery. Untap target creature. After this main phase, there is an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. And it has flashback. So for two in a red, you may cast this card from your graveyard for its flashback cost, then exile it. So if you ever had to flash it back, you won't get the copy back. But if you do just cast this for four mana, you get to have an extra combat phase. And you can do that every turn because it's going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another card that I like in the deck that I, I don't know about you, but I'm liking this card more and more the more I play it. Dude, the card is just nuts. Yeah, it's Electro Dominance. So it's red, red, and X for an instant. Electro Dominance deals X damage to any target. And then you may cast a card with converted mana cost X or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So if this is three or less, you can always target just three damage at Feather mm -hmm. to give instant speed to basically any spell in your hand that's CMC three or less. Yeah. Because it can, Electro Dominance bounces back to your hand. And probably what you cast you know, if it's an instant or sorcery, is going to target Feather and come back to feather your hand, Feather or too. one of your creature, creatures. Yeah, it could be like, oh, I want to get Young Pyromancer out on the end step before my turn, mm -hmm. or right before the end step, do the Electrodominance thing, and now I have Young PZ out and Electrodominance still in my hand to give... So now you're playing at flash speed because of another instant that you can repeat. So this is like dealing damage and being a... Wow. Yeah, pretty good. And of course, Electrodominance is just a good card where you're like, well, this time I'm actually just going to kill that creature that I need to. Yeah. And this card... Goes away, but it's still a good card. Maybe I've used it once or twice because I didn't target my own creature with it. Oh, gosh. Value is starting to get out of there. Here's a card that I wanted. I played it in my uh, coin flip deck and never got it out. <laughs> but this is pr potentially one of the best ways to draw cards in red. And it's not great, but let's say you get to do it three times. With Feather, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Fiery Gambit. It's two in red for a sorcery. Flip a coin until you lose a flip or choose to stop flipping. If you lose a flip, Fiery Gambit has no effect. If you win one or more flips, Fiery Gambit deals three damage to target creature one kill feather if you win two or more flips fire damage deals six damage to each opponent if you win three or more flips draw nine cards and untap all lands you control the thing about this card <laughs> you have to target a creature when you play it yeah so it always targets so you have to sort of announce like if the flips go this way it's gonna hit this creature right when you play the card so you can always target Feather, and it can never kill Feather. And usually you don't want to play this card. I mean, it's it's risky because if you don't win a flip, it does dead nothing. Dead nothing and then yeah. it does dead nothing and then goes to the graveyard. But if this does dead nothing, it just comes back to your hand. Yeah. And then you try it again later. We should probably have someone do the statistics on exactly how, what's your percentage, right? If you can cast this three times, how how likely are you to hit the, the big one, which is winning three flips in a row? And it's just three coin flips. It's 50-50-50 each time. 50, 25, 12 and a half percent. Yeah, get that three times. That's up to 12. I don't know so if you one out of eight up. times you do, you, you'll get that. So then you're getting three chances. So you basically have a 50% chance, kind of almost under 50% chance every single turn cycle if you're able to spend nine mana on a card like this. But if you win it once, you want to tap all your lands. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that. The fact that, oh, that targets every time. So yeah. it has a sweet interaction. Um, and okay, so we're not going to 
build an entire deck right now. But needless to say, I think this might be... It's definitely one of the top five Boros commanders of all time, I think, automatically. Um, yeah, automatically. I would put it at one or two, honestly. Just Firestorm, none of them have the ability to just get card advantage off of them. It's no true. Boros commander just has, you can draw cards thanks to me. Now, obviously, this takes more than one card to do it, but we just listed off six to eight cards that all will cantrip and draw you a card for a very cheap mana cost. Even if the card is just good giant growth variant, right? Give your creature plus three, plus three at instant speed, and that's it. It still, you're right, it still draws you a card. It draws you the card you just cast back to your hand. Yeah. That's card advantage. Like, even if it doesn't say draw a card on it. Yeah. How many times do you attack into someone and go, well, I can't because I know they might do something. And it's like, well, you have to make them use it. It's like, okay, great. But that doesn't matter because he just still has it. I made them use it, and now they they get to use it again and again. So the big thing for this deck, big keys, a lot of mana. Bunch of mana needed. The Path to Exile trick is really cool. I'd be curious if there's anything else similar in that world. Yeah, that's the big thing is you're going to want a lot of mana. But a lot of this stuff is cheap, and I think the um, threat of activation, as we call it, is when you attack in, they know you have that giant growth or whatever in your hand because they've seen it. Yeah. They're way less likely to block because you're just going to be able to, for free, eat their creature, get the card back. Sometimes trample over, yeah. Which means that you can attack into things knowing that I'm not even going to have to spend the mana on the thing because my creature will get through, and then I can do something else like cast my Solemn Simulacrum that turn or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seems very, very strong to me. I like this card a lot. All right. Well, to the listeners then, do you like this card a lot? I would hope so. I like this card a lot. Um, what do you guys think of Feather? Do you think if there's anything else that we didn't talk about, some other crazy interaction like that? Path to Exile one is still brimming in my head. It's very JLK status. <laughs> you have to put together like three or four different things, but once you get it going, once you get it like, going, oh, crap. Yeah, and it's very innocuous, right? Yeah. It's your commander. You have open mana and like a young Pyromancer. And normally on a board, that's like, sure, whatever. You have a 3-4 flyer and a couple of creatures. I'm going to go infinite soon yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. So you, you do have that sneak advantage there, I think. Um, and listen, we got to two of the listeners really fast. I know a lot of you are like, wait, it's over already? This is a mini-sode. Remember, this is just for our War of the Spark preview card. We will be coming out with a regular episode later this week. So do not fret. Yeah, and also stop typing in all caps at us right now. We're gonna we're gonna give what you. The you, worst you ones are now. when they don't even capitalize anything. <laughs> then you don't. Worse then, than you, all caps? then you don't even know if they're angry or not. <laughs> yeah, at least all caps true. are like, I think this person is yelling. <laughs> <laughs> not capitalizing anything is like passive aggressive. It's like it could be sarcastic. You never know. No, you you never know. know. You um, know. Also, let us know what your thoughts on War of the Spark are overall. I am very excited for this set. I'm amped. It looks uh, yeah. sweet. I think I love the idea of static abilities on Planeswalkers. It gives yeah. them a utility that, and, and also if they're only able to go down, it doesn't create that problem where it's like they're constantly ticking up. Sure, it's going to make games a little longer, but I don't think any of the power level of those are crazy enough to like make, I don't know, to like, I think it's going to help more than necessarily elongate games. Games will be longer probably, but I don't think it's going to be by significant margin. I just think this is something we've never seen in the game before. They're going to, you know, a Planeswalker theme set. There's, we're only just at the tip of the iceberg also this yeah. you know this is only a couple days of previous season have started so it just looks really cool what they're able to do what the design space is that they've opened up so i'm super excited yeah and you get a planeswalker in every single pack yes so that means you need to buy some packs and where you should do that is go to <laughs> cardkingdom.com slash command zone that's right you can pre-order war of the spark right now you can get your booster boxes your bundles uh the singles i think will be up for pre-order right now and they if they're be, not yeah. they will be soon 
if you want to build something like Feather or any of the new legendary creatures that maybe were spoiled out there by somebody else. Maybe it's time to pick up foil versions of all the cards in this deck. You could bling out this deck for on the cheap. Getting right a foil now, quicken? Right now, you know, every set that comes out, there is a commander or two that kind of blows up. Last uh, set, it was Tesa. Mm -hmm. this, this happens, and so I think jumping on it soon ends up saving you money because the EDH community kind of moves slower. You know, they a lot of times wait till the card comes out before they actually start like buying the cards, but they do move. And what happens is some of these prices start getting pushed up. I can see Fiery Gambit and some of those older cards yeah. like getting expensive because of a card like this. So if you go to cardkingdom.com slash manzone now, you probably will be saving yourself money rather than like waiting until you actually have you know feather in your hand at the pre-release yeah and you're going to want to adorn your battlefield once you do get the maximum value out of it with something sick and boros right and that an ultra pro is going to hook you up they have all they we just got out of the ravnica allegiance and guilds of ravnica sets so they have tons of product that are themed around the guild so you can go that direction or you could do something entirely different who knows maybe it's just a beautiful mountain playmat either way ultra pro is the company that has you covered when it comes to that kind of product Okay, we're going to skip the end step again because this is a mini-sode. We will be talking about something outside the world of magic on our actual full-length episode later this week. But we want to make sure that you check out our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. Alice Kessler, who was just on the podcast last week, and Ben Bateman, they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast right next to us at collect.company, or you can type Masters of Modern into your YouTube search bar. And they're definitely going to have a lot to say about this this set. Oh, yeah, this is going to change. There are a bunch of three mana Planeswalkers, I'm sure. It's, like, I'm, there's three, four, five. Either way, there's a bunch of cards that are powerful in color combinations that may need the help. I don't really know how it works. All I know is I've seen a couple of three mana Planeswalkers so far, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, between this and Modern Horizons, Modern is going to go through a, a lot a of evolution. Period, and, yeah, sure. exactly. So those are guys you definitely want to check out because they're going to be... They're going to have their thing, finger on the pulse. Yes. Our editor for this mini-sode is... That's like a cow. That's a straight-up a cow. They just don't say "erf" at the end. And special thanks, as always, to Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG, who makes the intro and ending animations of the show, as well as our awesome, cool background TV display screens behind us. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. And we will see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>